feel a little, you know, like it was hard to connect with people. Yeah. But I think the strength is in having people in your circle that care to know you and care to know. And we're live. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Andres Zanelli back with another episode of Zanelli Talks podcast for uncommon people. Mamas y papas. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We're in a new location. Got my boy Roy handling all the tech. Feel really good. Got a really great guest, really uncommon person to sit down and talk with. It's been years in the making. This is, we were on the way over here. We we're trying to like having chats and everything. We're just like, save for the podcast. Save for the podcast. But um, it's Victoria Lynn Myers, aka Thirst Trap Tori, aka Tori Gaines. <laughs> What's up? It's good to have what you. What is good? How Yo. is everybody? Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been literally years in the making. Yo, we, we have like connected in 2019. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many times we had conversations and we've always wanted to do a podcast because yeah. you have a podcast, I have a podcast. And there's so much that we never even really talked about because we're just like, let's save it for this moment. Yeah. And then on the way here, yeah. we basically had our own podcast. Yeah. We should have been filming Honestly, that. Honestly, we should have been recording it. <laughs> we should have been recording yeah. it. But this is a much better setting. Mm -hmm. I feel much more um, comfortable here. Yeah. So everybody wants to know. I'm going to just get right into it. Yeah. The story, like the beginning, you know, because yeah. I actually like brought you up recently um, in one of my group chats. Like, oh, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. And then someone's like, I know who that is. And they sent me the TikTok. I think it went viral of yours. Yeah. And you have a crazy past. Can we just just yeah, jump yeah. about it? Just talk to me about it. Because I actually, like, I've never really talked to you about that. Yeah. We've touched on it a bit, but I never got deep with you. So this is therapy. Yeah. Let's get deep. That's honestly why I started my podcast in general is talk therapy for me. And just, you know, I am so thankful for TikTok in general for providing that space for me to talk about stuff and give me that validation. Because prior to that, I hadn't really talked about my past and then bringing it up on there and all the incredible feedback and things taking off in that element, even though that TikTok ended up getting deleted and then I had to restart everything. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that I had a space where I could articulate that and have people and build some sort of community was incredibly cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's originally what led me to start my podcast, Keeping It Real with Victoria Lynn Myers. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. But Shill it. Plugging myself. Shill it. <laughs> promo of myself. You got to be your biggest fan. Facts. Um, but anyway, yeah, I guess little clarity before going into kind of all of that. Paint the picture. I'll paint the picture. Paint the but picture. I also want to articulate, I heard somebody else on a podcast recently before going into details of their life, mm -hmm. articulating that, you know, this is my spun story. So obviously like everybody's story is going to be interpreted differently. And this is how I took how I was raised. This is no disrespect to the people from the environment in which I was raised. Um, just a little clarity because I, I don't want to give I don't know, especially with family and stuff. I have so much love for them that mm -hmm. I, I, I think in times past, I was so anxious to make my story known that mm -hmm. I kind of just trailblazed through and kind of disregarded a lot of people in my life's mm -hmm. um, feelings. Yeah. So, That's so cool. I think I want to just before the forewarning. You're not whatever. throwing shade. Yeah. You're not There's throwing no shade. shade There's no shade. This no is shade. just your just story. Perspective. Yeah, it's my interpretation of my life. Tori tells a story. Tori tells all. <laughs> Tori tells a story. Tori tells a story. Hey. Blue Dave. Hey, Tori Gaines in the building. What's yeah, up? Tori <laughs> <laughs> Horns. <laughs> <laughs> but talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're fucking raised in a cult. Yeah, I was born and raised in a religious cult. IFB Crazy. for short. Um, so skirts like down to your ankles, shirts mm. up to here. I'm still processing a lot of it. I think mm -hmm. like a lot of people ask like, what was the timeline? It's it's really hard when you're raised in such a stark environment to put like things in such black and white terms in terms of, you know, when did it start? When did it end? It's more of a, a spectrum, I guess, of yeah. phasing it out slowly. I mean, they really indoctrinate people from the age of, well, since birth. And so like, it's hard to put a timeline on it, but pretty much like, my first interactions with this religious thing, it was more um, religious. Uh, I don't even know how to categorize it per se, mm -hmm. but as like a three-year-old, they were telling you that you would burn in hell and like yelling at you and stuff. And so there's a lot of trauma with that, like being told as like a really young kid that mm -hmm. like 
anything that you did was inherently evil. Like they used to spank babies for crying when in reality, like they probably just needed food and knowing that that was the way that I was born and raised. And then, you know, just the interpretations of like their definitions of love and, you know, how that formed my opinions of relationships and everything like that growing up has just been something it's hard to put like a timestamp on for per se. It's, it's something I'm still dealing with actively and I'm in therapy for, Mm-hmm. Um, but you're on your healing journey. Yes. You're and, healing. But the thing is, is it's a continuous journey. It's like never it never ending. ends. And I think at the end of your end of your journey is self-acceptance and self-love. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just as much as I want to rewire my brain in a lot of the areas, I also, and I encourage listeners to give yourself compassion and, you know, we're all just on this journey together. So, yeah. yeah. No, we are. And yeah. um, that's tough. So, like, from a young age, you were, that's all you knew. Yeah. It kind of sounds like you were shut out from the rest of the world, like the culture, the ethos, the meta of the world wasn't coming in. They very much controlled the environment, told you what to wear, what to think, yeah. um, how to think. Yeah. And um, you're not listening to music. No, like no nothing. music. I, I remember nothing. you talked like when we talked like three years ago, you were like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> I just started listening to Mac Miller. Yeah. And then I'm just like. Yeah. Whoa, and I, like that's when it hit me. I was like, you, like you didn't, you didn't really like watch SpongeBob SquarePants or like SpongeBob. We did actually. Okay, never mind. Okay, shout out SpongeBob. Where you were allowed to do some things, and, and that's what things, I wanted to ask it's you. It's really hit or miss, to be honest. What part of the culture was like penetrating you? So S- SpongeBob made it in. Yeah, SpongeBob made it in. Um, Crazy. Okay, I, cool. The only normal music I ever got to listen to outside of the cult was um, we would go to like we grew up. Uh, pretty poor i would say like mm-hmm. not as bad as some people but definitely did not have money challenged yeah yeah challenged yeah um and we would go to like goodwill and stuff to shop same and, yeah and i mean but honestly i'm i'm thankful for a lot of those experiences thought you had a thrift yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> i know how to thrift and flip yeah maybe. there you go um but like i always reference like a lot of songs i'm like oh yeah i know that one from the thrift store because they would play normal music Yo. because it was not uncommon when they would preach, like people would go up to the altar and be like, I'm ripping out my radio from my car. Like they didn't believe in listening to normal music at all. And people would like literally rip the radios out of the car because it was too much of a temptation to listen to normal music. So like I, speaking of which, I just went to Coachella for the first time. Amazing experience, therapeutic, cathartic. It was just, it was great in a lot of ways. But for me, I'm still learning artist names and genres and stuff like that because like, it's just all so new still. How do you deal with that? Like being around friends and, and everything and like in that environment and maybe someone's like, yo, like, like just earlier I was like, yo, bitches yeah, love yeah. Sosa. Like, yeah, and yeah. you're like, what? I'm like, it's a song, love yeah, Sosa. And you're like, I don't know this. Yeah. How do you like, is it just whatever? Or yeah. does it ever hit you like, fuck? Like, Sometimes it makes me a little sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I think it made me um, feel a little, you know, like it was hard to connect with people. Yeah. But I think the strength is in having people in your circle that care to know you and care to know your experiences and don't put so much placement on, you know, whether a person understands something about pop culture versus Mm -hmm. their mindset and their soul. And I think that that's like the biggest thing for me now is having people in my circle that allow me to be me and to be honest, I, even in the car ride here and mm-hmm. us talking and you asking me about Elon Musk and if I trusted him because he did a poll recently um, <laughs> and asked if people believed in him pretty much. And we had this whole dissertation about mm-hmm. my ideas and he had asked why I answered no. And I just said, I'm ignorant about it. And he's like, wow, that's really surprising to me. And I'm like, well, people, I don't know, why wouldn't you admit that you don't know something? That's like the first step in learning, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you were just saying that that's like... That's cool. Yeah. Like, that's cool because like, yeah. yeah, I did. I was curious. Like, so so what's your beef with Elon? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I have none. You're like, I just don't know. And yeah, you're just like, no, you, what you said, you were like, um, I think I'm just ignorant on it. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because most people just wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah. They would just and, double and down on or, some kind yeah, of yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah no, so that's cool. For what, you know? Now that leads me to a different uh, a different thought. Yeah, we're gonna do a little side quest. So you have no problem now, at least with me. Like I've, what I've seen is that like you have no problem having an opinion, um, voicing an opinion, expressing yourself. Yeah. Growing up, it's probably a lot of suppression. Don't express yourself. 
Yeah. What are you doing, Tori? Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about that? Yeah. You don't talk about that. So yeah. <laughs> what, like, w- did it happen? Obviously, you're going to therapy and there's healing and, and, and you're breaking through from that. You're reprogramming. But was there a certain part while you were still there where you started kind of looking around and going like, I am going to say something like a rebellious kind of thing. Did you challenge it? Did you still kind of become conscious and like still remain silent? Like, what was that like, the transition? You know, like it is interesting because I've always viewed myself as like, especially growing up, I viewed myself as like a good girl. But I was recently talking to one of my friends Mm -hmm. and She's like, oh, you didn't do stuff then because like within the confines of their rules and regulations, you must have obeyed them pretty well. And I'm like, that's the thing. I'm mm-hmm. just really, I was really good at hiding things. And she's like, well, then you weren't good. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't view it as, I didn't view myself as bad unless people knew about it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing. But what was your, what was your question? Essentially, you're like, no one knows I'm, I'm, no I'm knows lying. I'm actually, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm messy. Yeah, Yo, I'm, I'm messy. messy. Yeah, honestly. No. My question was like, you were there until 18? Yeah. Okay. 17. I moved out at 17. You moved out at like 17. With like $200 so- in my pocket, but then I went to a religious college for a year where they, the predominant thing for women was like wow. home ec and stuff like that. I was wow. working at a call center to pay for this college. Wow. It, it's, what? It's insane. And um, I was going into debt because they were paying, okay, you only... This is kind of a side quest too. This is a side yeah, quest yeah, yeah. in the side yeah, quest. Yeah, yeah. You yes. would have to ask permission to work at certain places and they would have to approve it. Um, and The religious college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The religious college. So they would have to approve Word. it. So there were only specific spots normally with people that were also in charge that were also under this cult so that they could keep tabs on you because they would report you if you ever went against anything, even at your job. So you left, but you were still... But I didn't leave. Yeah, you, you yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. Left the I area. Left, well, I left DC, Virginia area, and uh-huh. I relocated. This place is in Indiana. So I relocated to Indiana Word. and went there for a year while I was working at a call center and trying to make ends, eat, ends meet yeah. while simultaneously doing all this stuff. I mean, they literally keep it to where they, it's so inhumane. Like they have you working at these places that pay you pennies. And then, like, they literally, I, I don't know if there's this much thought behind it, but like the exact dollar figure that you were making went straight into your tuition. Yeah. And then, so I didn't even have money for like shampoo I'd assume or that conditioner it was, or anything. It was a mess. And it was, it was like for, I don't know what the typical college experience is. I'm still learning like what is mm-hmm. typical. I, I really love knowing those things because it helps me place my experiences mm-hmm. and like categorize stuff. But um, yeah, there would be like four or five people in a tiny room, probably from this couch to this couch for bunk beds. You would pay out the butt to be there, shared wow. shared showers, shared everything. And then like you would have to take off on Saturdays, Sundays. There were like a few days during the week too that you would have to request off for work. And mm-hmm. if you didn't go to the like religious functions on those days, they would fine you on top of it. They would go through, it was like a drill sergeant. They would yeah. go through your room. So they had like girls and people hiding in closets to try to get away from this and stuff. And Oh, this is some crazy shit. It's some crazy that, shit. That's some like... Yeah. That's OD yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, You don't even know. Like, uh, they had pews and because even though you're an adult at that point, you had to get permission from the leaders on who you could date and they pre-approved people. Word. Also, you weren't allowed to like hang out like how you and I are right now. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously there's still like a sound crew and stuff, but like we weren't allowed to be in the room with anybody of the opposite gender. Um, the pews would have six inch to one foot sections where even if you're dating somebody you couldn't sit closer than that they had like a a buffer in between so i was social distancing before social distancing was cool future um yeah futurist (laughs) the sexual repression you're telling (laughs) me is like bro bro, you can't be sitting next to like (laughs) bro you were just pent up you don't even (laughs) you don't even that's wild wait so like that dead out, I mean, they were, yeah. they were controlling you once, like, cause you said, um, yeah. yo, we were getting paid this and then mm-hmm. it cost this. They, that was totally control. No money. Um, and nobody there had license or cars. So I remember the first few times I tried to sneak off campus, I was terrified and like shaking and I like ran and like ran to a Walgreens or something. It was like some slave shit. I was scared. As yeah. Well. No, it was like, they're, they're making you really yeah. dependent. Yeah. De- like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, how did you get out? No, like seriously, like like it's like what you just described to me is like not only a mental enslavement and conditioning, yeah, but it was also like financially restricting. You had a lot of things against you. Definitely. The crazy thing is, is that 
like the way that I was raised was actually more strict than this religious college. So it felt like freedom to me, you know, that's why I, that's why I'm saying it happened in like segments because like it went from extremely restrictive to a little bit better, even though it's absolute hell. So what you just described to me with the college thing and everything, that that was better. That was better. That was better. The so, trauma. Yeah. Damn, girl. Yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah, no, nah, it is. Um, so how did I get out? Well, I mean, it's not it's not so black and white either though, right? Like I mean let's I get into it. I always questioned certain things and it was always weird to me the certain ideas that they had and I would question it and the answers that I got back weren't really in my opinion, rational. Mm-hmm. And so like, I always kept that in the back of my mind. But again, I, I, I tied my identity to being a good girl and like doing things good. And so like, I didn't really, I didn't go through like a rebellious phase per se, Got it. anything like that. I was very compliant, at least externally. Um, I think a few things that caused me ultimately to question stuff was, um, it was really weird how young you were and being sexualized. And I know like that's an ongoing issue just in general, but being yeah. like 12 years old, being completely covered up from head to toe and then being like, oh, you can't wear flip flops even in the summer because it elongates your legs and like all this crazy stuff like that or like being sent home, you know, when you're covered up, it's not even like you're allowed to show your shoulders or anything and still being sent home when you're a minor for like stuff is just just anything like the hyper control over that yeah so controlling and so exhausting and then on top of that at that point this is where i get into like my story and Mm -hmm. how like i was talking to my friend and she's like oh then you weren't good because one of the first people i ever did anything with was a girl in this religious Mm -hmm. cult and so it was really easy to keep things you know kind of under wraps because you're just hanging out with the girls yeah you're one of the girls yeah you're one of the girls and so like that Uh, was kind of my experience but then i think i remember at some point being at this religious institution and like the pastor or whatever saying like, we don't believe in burning flags. We believe in burning and then insert gay slur. And I was Mm. sitting there behind my back, like holding the girl that I, I loved hand, (laughs) you know, and just finally it clicking to me that he thinks we should burn like, and just how crazy that Mm. was. That's something that felt so pure. And one of the only spaces in my entire life that I've ever felt safe in Mm. to then think that this person wants the worst. It's an attack on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think for the first time it kind of clicked to me. Wow. Like that this is really, this is really evil and it just didn't feel right to me. And I think I'm really thankful for that experience, even though like she's doing her own thing now and who knows what is going on with all of that. I'm just thankful that, you know, I had that experience that I I felt so safe with her because at that time I was going through so much. Yeah. And like she was really the stability that mm-hmm. I needed to pull me out of so many things. So, that's dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. dope. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. So that that was the spark that initiated the light yeah. where you kind of I hate to get meta, but you woke. Yeah. Like you like you woke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what age was that? Well, um I also want to add that that wasn't the only thing. I think like, no. it was embarrassing always going around and looking like, you know, no no shame to anybody that covers up for religious purposes or whatever, but just, no drip. No no drip. Yeah. Yeah, I just it was and, embarrassing. I, and I just remember walking into rooms and thinking like, okay, I want to be noticed for the things that I want to be noticed for, not for things that I are out of my control. Yeah. You know, and like dress and how I showed up was always dictated to me and it was just embarrassing going into these places and not being seen or expressing myself in those ways and i think that's why now coming full circle it's just so important that i'm known completely as myself um Tory. so yeah yeah Tory Gaines. yeah yeah and that's always going to be changing too i think people want to put people into boxes but i think the thing is is we're all trying to evolve and we all should be evolving so mm-hmm. um but yeah i think like that experience and everything else really led me to start that journey Damn. Yeah. That's heavy, man. Yeah, it was heavy. It's still heavy. heavy. It's still heavy. I respect you for like taking the responsibility to heal. Yeah, thank you. And it's like, it sounds so maybe simple on as a statement. That shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? And like talking to you, car right here and now and everything and just all our previous conversations, I've never got the gist from you that, and you probably feel it, sometimes but overall you don't have that like woe is me or this isn't my fault fault fault." like talking about fault like it wasn't your fault absolutely but you're so focused on 
what is in your control and like how you can move on from it. It's very empowering. Like you're like, you've taken responsibility to heal for something that wasn't your fucking fault, which is, yeah. it's, it's very like, you should be proud of that. And I'm pretty Thank sure you, you are. You yeah. Know? I feel like the term fault is kind of blaming because like, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, like, I think we're all just working with the cards that we were dealt. Right. And yeah, I talk think to that me about that's that. hard. I think yeah. that's really hard to, for me, I think, part of my journey now is allowing myself the space to be mad about those things Mm. and not even directed at like my parents, for instance, or, you know, the people that raised me because I don't think it was, I don't think it was that calculated. Right. Like I don't, we are just at the end of the day, monkeys, you know, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think it was that calculated. And I think like, it's very easy sometimes to go in, into that pattern of woe is me and like this was so intentional and all of that. I don't think that was the case at all. And if you look at, we all have gaps in our life and I think this is something I touch on a lot is like we all have different things that needed filled. And for one reason or another, my parents or the people in this religious institution, they were just broken people, you know? Just being taught by other broken people and and then they brought in other people and broke them. Like it's a cycle. cycle. It's It's a a cycle cycle of that. And so like, it's hard because I've struggled to figure out okay, like, yes, I can have compassion and understanding for these people in my life that I love dearly. Yeah. But at the same time, I can, I need to have compassion and care for myself and love myself and also allow myself that space to be, I mean, there is anger and anger is sometimes messy or, you know, whatever. And that's been something, (laughs) that's something that I I care to articulate and express now at this point, you know, it was weird to me. Like, I started taking a dance class last summer because I was like, okay, I'm on TikTok. I'm popping off. Like, let me get, you know the, dance. let me get, I, bro. I don't know how to bro, dance. I'm the worst at dancing. It's, it's so bad. I'm, however bad you are. We'll have a dance more. off. Cause I, get, Please no. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. Please no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I started taking a dance class and I remember it was an all woman's dance class. I would drive yeah. there. We would have like a meditation time beforehand, which was really cool. And I think towards the end, we would also do that. And I was laying there on my back and it was weird because like the music and everybody there felt so in tune with their feelings and stuff. And I just had no clue how to feel in those spaces. I felt so uncomfortable because like, you know, even from a young age, growing up, you would get like whipped for For dancing or like music or anything. I mean, I remember pastors and like different people that would speak would be like, being proud of the fact that they whipped their child or their grandkid for jumping on the bed, like singing a song or whatever, like not my child, my child won't dance. It's like, it might for baby Tori and, and baby, anybody Mm -hmm. child, anybody that grew up like that. Like it's heartbreaking, devastating to not have that self-expression or that joy. That's beautiful. You would, you should want that out of, you know, kids. out of your kids and out of everybody that you love or claim to love. And it's just my ideals around love and stuff. I realized were very conditional because of this. And yeah. so anyway, yeah, I started taking a dance class though to get back on subject <laughs> and I was laying there and she was just the, the, the instructor was asking people how they felt and everything. And I just had felt so uncomfortable. I started crying because I was just like, I don't even, I'm so in tune with my feelings in so many areas, but this, you was, are. this was an area where I was like, man, I don't know how I feel. And I feel very uncomfortable with it. And so you're like confused. And I was very confused because yeah. I know myself and I know yeah. how I feel and everything like that. And to be in a space where I would have been punished to be in and stuff. And yeah, before. Yeah. And for everybody to just be so like eloquent with how they feel and be articulating that with their body and stuff. And I'm like, ah, this is an area I need to grow in. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it really clicked for me that I just didn't know how I felt in a lot of ways. And that was kind of part of my journey too. I'm still on. Kind of like Bambi. Have you, did you ever watch Bambi? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bambi, like uh, slipping, you know, like she doesn't, Oh yeah. like yeah. you can't find your footing. Yeah, and I'm literally. pretty sure that happened like a lot. Like, yeah. cause you, you essentially did a transition, yeah. you know, and what a life that you had to transition into something new. Yeah. You're so closed off by so many inputs yeah. and then you're, I mean, and then like, you're not like socially awkward, <laughs> which is like, you know, interesting because yeah you kind of cut off from society. Sure. There was a society within there. Yeah. It was very warped. Yeah. You know, very warped. How long have you been like, it's been since the go, like when you transitioned out, you're like, I'm going to work on this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to heal. Yeah. I mean, 
I think this is why, like, we were talking about different projects, side projects or whatever. Oh, we yeah, 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 about, yeah. Like a book and stuff, because that's always been my thing. I, I love writing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of everything is so zoomed in, even currently, even though it's been some time since I had, like, phased out elements of my life that are around this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, like, with time, I can zoom out more and can put, mm -hmm. like, actual time stamps, because right now it just feels still very new in a lot of ways and very blurry because you know, even though I had phased out so many elements, I was still in like really bad situations mm -hmm. and uh, surrounding myself with people that maybe even though they weren't in this religious cult had that type of mindset. And mm -hmm. I think that that's the correlation there between strong beliefs and then diving into different other things outside of that facet that like, like for instance, okay, don't hate me vegans. Uh, once I, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's go. She wants war. She woke up and chose violence. Vegans. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, what's up? Uh, Tell me. Okay. So once I got out of the religious cult, there were extreme ways of thinking that kind of carried over for me. Like I was very big into conspiracy theories and like, and like Alex Jones. <laughs> and, um, and then I went down at like a, another thing of like being vegan and like extreme vegan though. Talk not about even, cold. Not even. <laughs> don't come for me. Cold jumping. No, but seriously, back in like 2017, 2016, when veganism like mainstream rolled out, it yeah. was, there were a lot of cult like tendencies that felt very similar to me. So even though I was out of where More I was cold. raised, Oops. I was straight yeah. into another form of thinking that was just so hardcore. And I do, I do have this tendency even now, the duality of life really throws me for a loop sometimes because I was raised so black and white and I really cling to black and whiteness. And I think there's freedom in the spectrum. Word. But right now it's just, it's the spectrum is scary for me. It's like, I'm still growing in a lot of those ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, it was a phase. So like, even though you're asking like, when did you get out of it, bro? I was in another cult. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of in a cult now, the social media cult. <laughs> bro, let's <laughs> not even go there. The I content mean, creation. Literally, let's, I mean, let's, we, could, um, we could dive there. Let's, let's segue into yeah, it. Yeah, let's segue. Um, we're going we're gonna to hop, island hop back and forth. Yeah. I feel like we could do so many episodes just on your yeah. past. Yeah. But let's talk about the present, which yeah. is very interesting to me because talking to me about we can't even express ourselves. We can't dance. We can't sing. We can't play music. You express yourself a lot now. I mean, yeah. you're, I wouldn't say you're an influencer getting to know you, you know what I'm saying? On paper, looking at it, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, she's an influencer. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. But you have an audience across TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and you have a podcast. I do. And you have different ways you express yourself. Your photos can be, very open, sexual, provocative. They're tasteful though. Like yeah. it's not I'm trashy. About it. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're I'm not classy trashy. Classy girl. Classy girl. Yeah. A little messy, but classy. We like it a little messy. <laughs> a little messy. <laughs> and and then so you have that side, and then you're on OnlyFans, so you have that side. Yes. So it's like an openness, vulnerability, sexual side, and then you have this very introspective, a lot of depth with your YouTube and your podcast. Talk about duality. What, how do you feel about that? Like coming from that world of repression and now you're living in expression. You know, it's very interesting because I'm still, I'm still processing very much all of this. I'm still in the thick of it. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. Well, and with OnlyFans, it's interesting because I don't really, although yeah, I, you know, I do OnlyFans. It's nothing crazy. And then on top of that, I keep. Still subscribe though. Yeah, yeah. Go subscribe, though. I do, <laughs> I do be killing it. Um, you just don't be doing like... I just don't be doing the most. It's not triple X. If you like me... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't wanna promo too much, okay. but... Uh, it's go good. It out. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you like being teased, that's good. Chill it. I, yeah. But Chill anyway, it. Um, but with OnlyFans and everything else, like, it's something I've even kept at an arm's length in terms of, like, yeah. you know, what is who I am and mm -hmm. what is the persona of mm. like Tori or Victoria. They're two totally different things. And especially with something that is, I, I have a long history as most women. And I, at this point, probably everybody has of, you know, bad encounters, whether that be with photographers talking about cults, modeling and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's very, it's always been very important to me to keep that separation between yeah my real life, what I actually like, all of that. 
and what I produce. Yeah. Um, and that's always been really, really important in that separation. Um, but as I've started evolving and trying to show up as my full bodied self, as I say, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of been a struggle with like, what do I show? What do I not? What do I articulate? What do I not? You know, do you feel like you get in your head a lot because Definitely. you're so out there Definitely. and you do podcasting, YouTube, OnlyFans, Instagram, all the, all these outputs. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like there's not that many people I can connect with over yeah. these things to be able to, you know, Dude, hit me up about yeah, it. Yeah. I'd be getting in my head about some shit. I'll hit you up. But yeah, it's like, I get in a feedback loop almost with myself All the time. and sometimes it's like, I do just need to, I almost resent myself sometimes because I'm so much of a, an independent person and I kind of sometimes feel upset that I need connection, but, but hmm. at the same time, and I also, I, it's, a, it's a, t I toe the line because sometimes it's like you can con need connection, but at the same time, are you looking for them to dictate your life too? Cause I think that that's a tendency of mine because I had my life so dictated that mm -hmm. I want other people's approval so much yeah. that sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to just do, do the thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I get in loops in my head. And so, yeah, it's really hard within that creative space. And I do break so many things to break out of that. Well, kudos to you still do it. Thank you. Like, you yeah. know, like, it's like, that's the thing. You, you actually do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, respect. Because it mean, takes work to get there. I spent forever not doing it. It's I almost know. one of those things where it's like, I, I have to do it. You have to. I have huh? to. And I think, like, now there's so much healing not only for myself, but mm -hmm. for other people and hearing stories and storytelling. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the thing that I've learned, I mean, I think it would be ignorant to think you, you talk me up and say like, oh, this is amazing. And wow, you're, you know, you broke out of this, but mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am without hearing other people and their stories. And I think that's why I'm so compelled to tell where I'm at and where I'm coming mm -hmm. from and maybe share more than some people would Yeah, um, is because I know how much other people's stories helped me get out of where I was at. Yeah, And, you know, sometimes it's just seeing that things exist that causes you to then do it. It inspires you. Yeah. I, I, I get that 100%. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, it, it does. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and yeah. to put yourself in a position to get judged and misunderstood. Do you feel misunderstood a lot? That's a hard question. I mean, cause that would imply that I understand myself and I don't always understand myself, you know, like, I feel you on that. So, <laughs> Yo, it's I, like, mean, yeah, I feel you. I, I guess I don't really, I think I, it's I guess like, a better question would yeah. probably be, do you feel that the, the on paper version of, who you are and what people receive you coming across your IG is in line with this. It's like, it's, it's just so weird to me that people try to categorize people based off of their job or whatever. You know, what's uh, the first question when you're encountering somebody in a social setting? It's like, what do you do for work? It's like, my dad being a produce manager doesn't make him an apple just as much as me mm -hmm. being in social media or whatever doesn't make me the the content that I produce. It's just an element. And mm. I just think that's something I think, like, I just think if you could widen your eyes and like, maybe, I don't know, it's hard because on a social platform, right? Like Instagram, it's like most people do not have the opportunity or whatever to connect in this way. And so it makes sense that you would judge mm -hmm. on such a surface level. I don't know. I don't even have anything to say other than that because like, I mean, we all do it. Like yeah, I do it. Like, all, like, I do it. Yeah. Like if we I came across it. you, I'm like, I wouldn't get the debt. Like, cause it's like social media is so shallow, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. only as deep as maybe we want to go. Like yeah. if you really kind of click on someone's profile, look at the con, like the, the, the <laughs> caption and be like, okay, they have some depth or like, but, but even then it's still like, you just post photos of yourself. Yeah. So like the common, I'm just speaking so objectively, yeah, like as ahead. a common guy, I would probably go across your profile and be like, oh, she's in herself. Yeah. Oh, she, she does social media. And she's an influencer. You know, yeah, go own it. Duality, you know baby. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I kind of mean. Like, do you feel like you're misunderstood? Like there's this part of you that a lot of people probably just don't know. And without listening to your podcast or like other forms of media and like, is that why you kind of created it? Like to express that side of you? Yeah, I mean, that's originally why I started YouTube and yeah. why I'm like very consciously 
doing more talking TikToks and stuff like that, it's very easy, especially in the beginning phases, to pop off on TikTok or Instagram or whatever solely for one thing. And I do, I do feel bad for particularly girls in general that pop off for maybe their body and then you find out that they have like some sort of eating disorder or whatever yeah. and that only continues that cycle, you know, and so they feel like they have to stay enslaved in, in that sense um, in order to continue popping off. And I just think the future of social media in general is hopefully vulnerability, making people more well-rounded. Uh, I think there is an influx. I think we had an influx of, you know, whenever Instagram first rolled out, things being very filtered and very edited. And now you're with the rise of TikTok and people talking more and realizing that, hey, I do have more than just X, Y, and Z. I can, I can be so much more than that. I can do this and that, you know, and diversifying all of that. I think that is the wave of social media now. And so I'm so thankful to have, you know, be a voice space. in it. Yeah. 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 The space You're, to be able to do more than that now. 100%. And I want to take up as much as I can. And it's and it's just as healing you should. for me. Yeah. yeah. As you should. I mean, you spent your whole life exactly being marginalized and don't take up space. But yeah. take up space and you're you're everywhere now and you're only growing. And yeah. um I think that's dope. I think that's dope that you're leading with intention on that. And like that's kind of how I started just doing all this, you know. Yeah. I um you know, I started off just doing videos in my car, talking to the camera, just things on my mind. And then people started connecting with it and yeah. people are like, make a podcast. And they just, I never thought about it. Like I wasn't like, podcasting is a good industry. I can make money. Yeah. Like I wasn't thinking, thinking about economically or anything. Yeah. Like even now, like it's just something I like to do passionately, like sit down with someone. I mean, this podcast itself is like, I, I say it's like for uncommon people. And like- it's it's ambiguous, you know, but like going into depth with it, it's like I consider you someone that, who's uncommon, like everything that you've been through to where you are now. And even if like cancel all that, just the fact that you're a person that was broken and you're healing, to me, that's uncommon because yeah. I, especially living in LA, I'm surrounded by so many people. And what I observe is that like, we're all fucking broken. Like we all have shit. Yeah. I have my shit. Everyone has shit, right? But so many people, you know, it, it might have not been their fault, but they don't take the responsibility to actually like understand and heal and try to rework their, their framework in their mind. And they turn to escapism, escaping through drugs, through um, shallow sex, through yeah. drinking, through bullshit. Yeah. And that's what this town is. So it's like when I come across people that I'm like, damn, like you're taking, you're taking your healing seriously so that you don't hurt more people and you're and you're taking care of your real world shit like you're running businesses you're doing that's fucking hard bro and i know it's, it's hard because i do it yeah. and it's so exhausting it's and it's like so when i come across people like that i one say like man you're net positive because you're trying to you're trying to close the cycles you're trying to do your best to be like if i don't fix this like i'm gonna just transfer this like energy to okay. my kids, to my family, to whatever, to your friends, your relationships. And that takes a lot of work, bro. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so you're uncommon for that. Thank you. you appreciate know? it. But that's the thing, right? It's not like just because you heal these things doesn't mean, you know, say I had kids. I'm still going to screw up. You know, they're still going to have things they're going to need to heal from. Like, it's the world, you know? And so, Shit. like, yeah, I, I think it's just, I don't understand people. Also, to kind of piggyback off of uh, the coping or escaping through drugs, alcohol, sex, yeah. whatever. It's like, I think we're all after connection. And yeah, those are all so immediate, quick fixes to something deeper. And mm -hmm. it does offer connection too. That's a good point. Yeah. Like we are all after connection. Yeah. And when you drink, like I've drank till 3 a.m., 4 a.m., connecting with someone or yeah. the drugs melt the wall, take a handful of shrooms, enter the matrix, third eye, everything. Yeah. And I'm just like connecting, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, I that's think it so just true. Helps you be a little more vulnerable, which is unfortunate that our society requires some use of external sources uh -huh. to lean into vulnerabilities, Yeah, you know? And I think at the end of the day, yeah, all we want is connection. And we do. But, but our society doesn't encourage, there's, there's a level of, uh, Tori saying do drugs. 
Do drugs, baby. Do dr- <laughs> drugs aren't free. Drugs. Or drugs are expensive if yeah. they're if they're <laughs> handed to you for free. Get them for free. Yeah. <laughs> find, uh, find no, a good but drug dealer. <laughs> we're we're definitely pro shrooms. Yeah. Like that's something. Yeah. Um. Been, and and that's what kind of what you're describing is like yeah. taking that. Well, yeah, but I I think ultimately you know building a building a ecosystem ah. that allows for you to connect yeah. without the use of those other things, you know. And I think. Whenever you're in an environment specifically, I'll, I'll reference it's easy for everybody to relate to is like a nine to five or whatever, where it causes you to always put your feelings and thoughts and needs on the back burner. Uh, then how are you going to clock out and then ask yourself how you're feeling? You're not. You're going to disassociate because you've been taught to disassociate. Not ask yourself how you're thinking and feeling. Nine to fives are cults. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. You know, you have this really like that's really profound. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. And like, that's what you kind of were taught the disassociation. Yeah. And like, that was a really good example. I think example. that's how I'm very in tune with like other things that make me feel very similarly. Like mm-hmm. I will say unpopular opinion, it was really weird being at Coachella and certain tactics that the musicians or like artists used mm-hmm. were very uh, similar and cult like tendencies. I don't know. It, that's, I mean, music in itself is very worshipy cult like in itself. If you think about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to go too deep. Yeah. Like, we're not going to get into the Alex meta of Jones it. it yeah, but no. yeah, it was. It Five was minutes later yeah. tori's like time's not even time real isn't a thing. time's a concept yeah, but honestly <laughs> what is time what is life um <laughs> you have any questions for me damn i want to give you a break of talking you've been talking so long honestly, i feel bad i mean i'm not very good at i like just piggyback at piggybacking off of what you've said okay so what did i say i mean you've said a lot no girl i've been listening i know this is called zanelli talks but zanelli been listening did you ever did you ever go into any sort of conspiracy theory ideologies or deviations? You really want to go into the yeah, conspiracy let's go theories. Into it. I don't Curious. think I ever went deep into the meta of stuff, meta. but I was around so many people when things were just popping. Mm-hmm. No, I guess like I think what I how I approach like conspiracies and everything is like I'm open-minded, but I I'm also observant of like how extreme it can get, so I try not to get wrapped up into it because yeah. i don't see it's healthy but i'm open-minded to like like a conspiracy is 9-11 was an inside job sounds pretty reasonable <laughs> okay. to me like yeah. i'm like from what i've seen and and heard and digested myself yeah my own articulated sovereign opinion it makes sense yeah makes sense okay. especially with the track history of the oh, yeah. u.s yeah. you know what i'm saying Insane. so another question okay duality do you have a hard time with two sides of the same coin or are you very fluid and how did you get there? If, do you struggle with black and white thinking? Yeah. I think a content first, like this stuff that I put out, there's like a duality to it. I think when I, when I hear the word struggle and then I hear duality, I think of kind of like the cameras and everything like that, like what I'm putting out and I try to be very intentional with it and yeah. I do struggle with it because I feel like there's a responsibility with it sometimes I just want to get reckless and take yeah. tequila shots and just oh, get messy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, tell just me get about messy. it. I love being messy. Um, so something that I get a struggle with is getting in my head. And like, what, what were you saying is the feedback, the feedback loop. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot and so self-critical. And I guess that imposes, um, on my output with things, the output with all this. Have you noticed the areas, because this is something that I've noticed with myself, is Mm -hmm. the areas that I'm the most critical of myself, I am also the most critical with others, whether I realize it or not. It's a mirror. Mm -hmm. And I think, if anything, those are things, I think even in relationships and stuff, it's so easy to put your partner into like, they're bad, I'm good or whatever. But I think when you get in close proximity with a person in a relationship, I think, if anything, it's a mirror to point back to you about things you might need to work on. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you have found that you're very harsh with yourself on and... Have you noticed that kind of mirroring effect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that, like the mirroring effect. Um, and I always have to stand back and be like, yo, wait a second. Am I talking to them or am I talking to myself? myself. I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my podcasts are like that. I'm mm-hmm. talking and I'm just really talking to myself, reminding Freaking. myself. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what a lot of my podcasting is about, my solo ones at least. I'm just talking, reminding myself. And um, so are you asking specific ones that are like I found in myself like yeah, oh i need I mean, to work on that yeah i mean you said you're hypercritical yeah you hypercritical um focus 
um, for so long, I was having trouble with focus mm -hmm. and focusing on one singular thing to accomplish it. And then that unraveled so many things about my past. And I started connecting all the dots with it. Because yeah. like growing up, I was diagnosed with uh, like every fucking kid in this world, like ADHD. Honestly, it's like every same. fucking kid. Yeah. It's like the pharmaceutical companies push yeah. that agenda so hard. But I was like diagnosed and I was taking that drug, ADHD, yeah. prescribed all that shit, hated it. I was young when that happened. And um, I guess that's like probably where the seeds of focus were planted. In a way, I, I probably was fucking programmed because I think that like, I just wasn't interested in certain stuff. Like, yeah. it, and it makes sense. Yeah. There's this fucking meme that I saw. And ever since I saw it, I can never get it out of my brain when it comes to the education system. Okay. I have very deep thoughts, about, thoughts about the fucking education system. Go into it. So deep that I want to create my own education system when I'm financially astute. That's a different project. Okay. But <laughs> I have very that deep is. thoughts about it. But there's this meme that it's like, it's a fish in a bowl. It's like a cat. Yeah. It's a, you've, you've I seen like it. I have seen it. We're going to blast it on right now. Yeah. And then it's like, the test is climb a tree. Yeah. Fucking fish can't you climb can't. a tree, bro. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, that really, yeah, that really woke yeah. me up. And I was like, wow, it's very interesting. And I started looking at things differently. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I struggled in school because my focus um, in certain classes, it just, it just wasn't there because I wasn't, that's not who I am, you right. know? Like I just probably didn't need to be so into a, a generalization. Yeah. And I think that education should be very hyper-specific. Anywho, won't go into a side quest on that. But even then, things change, right? Like, what do you mean? Well, your wants, needs, your interests, like evolve. Yeah, like so. I, I feel like there should be, and there probably is in private school. I haven't done deep research into it, but like maybe there are assessments at a young age that go, this student is more visually inclined. They're more specifically targeted in the arts instead of the sciences and stuff like that yeah, yeah, based yeah. on certain assessments. So then we start pivoting them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Through time. Mm -hmm. But I was told that I was unable to focus and I needed drugs to focus. So from a young age, I was being told by many people, you have trouble focusing, you have trouble focusing. Right. I'm a very big believer in like NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, internal, external communication, whatever you tell yourself and whatever's being told to you in your environment is what you're going to be programmed. Mm -hmm. You know all about Makes that, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, so if you're constantly being told you have trouble focusing, is that really going to help a child to focus? Oh, it's going to focus. Exactly. So I feel from a young age, I was kind of programmed to not focus so from so as it like grew i had um trouble doing that but then when i got very i developed an obsessive um not disorder but an obsessive gift that when i do get hyper focused on something mm -hmm. i'm able to just cut out all the noise and get right into the minutia and mm -hmm. peel back the layers of it mm -hmm. and um so that's something that i've been working through because i remember just for the last five six seven years I'd, i would um I'd be hypercritical around people. I'd be like, you're not focused. Like yeah. you're not yeah, this. Yeah. And, and, they, and then I started realizing I'm talking to my fucking yeah, self. Yeah. You're preaching to yourself. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm projecting. Yeah. And uh, then I started getting aware of that and it helped me um, kind of understand more about myself. Mm -hmm. And even now I came across this one dude, his name's Naval Ravikant, very great uh, thinker, clear thinker, clear philosopher, modern day financial sector, tech investor. He wears many hats. Modern day philosopher. Actually. Yeah, actually. And um, something in, in that was written about him and that he, like he said himself was, and it really spoke to me was, he's like, I don't like to do anything for a long time. I, yeah. I strive best in being hyper-focused on one problem, solving it and yep. sprinting to the next. Exactly. Kind of works like a lion. Mm -hmm. Sprints, kills the prey, eats, rest mm -hmm. and then you can pivot mm -hmm. and that's what made him an, a really great angel investor he's able to come into certain sectors in different industries figure out what the bottlenecks are in companies put money in to solve the problems get equity that company balloons you get wealth from it so then i'm like whoa that's me like that's yeah. like that's how i feel you felt seen yeah, yeah like i felt like there was a space for me and yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. this guy's fucking killing it yeah, like yeah. dope so I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, like, and I, and I was going through so much, like, why can't I be like, why can't I have the effects of Adderall without taking Adderall yeah. essentially, you know what I'm saying? 
and I'll, I don't know. Yeah. So in well, a long, I, long-winded answer. No, no, no. I also focus was something. Focus. Yeah, focus. Okay. I also wanted to say, like, piggybacking off of the idea of something being wrong with you, it's like you have to understand everybody else is a mirror too, and I'm sure you understand this. Yeah. But like, we all are mirroring what we've only already seen. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that there's not a path. Mm-hmm. It just means that we're all just just as much as like tech jobs that are now readily available weren't available 20 years ago. And so our parents weren't like, yeah, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. We're all working within the time frame that we're at right now. And mm-hmm. so like seeing that person really opened up an avenue for you, it sounds like, and gave you that validation or, mm-hmm. you know, space more so to allow yourself to grow and evolve in those areas. Sounds great. Exactly. Seeing yeah. a person that's like, whoa, they feel how I feel, yeah. but I've never been able to articulate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, And I think that's important, like, what we do, too. Yeah. Like, how we express ourselves and, you know, like, with our podcasting and just content. Like, I know people, I get messages. I'm pretty sure you yeah. fucking get messages. And that's kind of what keeps me going and, like, keeps the engine going, you know. That's the, the gas. Like, yeah. Gas me up, baby. Gas me Cause, up, cause baby. sometimes it gets exhausting. Yeah. Oh, man. You it's know? exhausting in these trenches. Content, content creating is exhausting. Yes. Um, Burnout is real. To segue into that, what what's it like dealing with all the dudes, all the fucking dudes? Like especially like you know, cause you're out there, man. You're fucking out there. You're putting yourself, your body out there to yeah. be judged and objectified. Yeah. OnlyFans, like I can only imagine the fucking Onlyfans messages you get. Yeah, honestly, like OnlyFans, what's it like? Onlyfans has been like surprisingly for me uh, a healthier platform out of the the places that I subject myself and put my body out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I think the majority, maybe not originally, but the majority of the people coming over there have been really, really, uh, supportive and they don't really, I I don't know. I've really gotten lucky. Most of them respect all of my boundaries. Don't push me are just there to see me grow. And a lot of them listen to my podcast, watch my YouTube videos that the first ones to comment on on my post on my other socials. So it's been, it's like a little army over there. So wait, you said army, but I want to, I want to challenge you on something. Would you almost say, Oh no, it's like a cult. It might be a cult. (laughs) (laughs) The cult of Tori. The fucking transition. (laughs) I am the final boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's some, have you ever thought of that? Yes. Have you ever? Wow. I actually pitched an idea for a podcast, uh, titled from one cult to the other. Wow. And I it like was that. talking about me and all of the different either variations of cults that I dove into, deviations mm-hmm. once segueing out of my actual religious cult, but yeah. then also things that you wouldn't think of that are cults, you mm-hmm. know, or anything can be a cult if it's pushed through the Anything stream. can be a fucking crypto's a cult. NFT's a, a cult. Oh my God. Life let's not is even a get cult. into that. We're all opted in. How, what do you do for your mental health? Like um, what practices when you're feeling like overwhelmed, frustrated? dealing with all the 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 minutia of what you do yeah what are some best practices to center yourself best practice is my phone just being obliterated like just put it away the more i can spend time i actually when i was really good it the thing is is it's not something that is across the board yet for me i haven't done a good job at regulating Mm -hmm. it consistently yet Mm -hmm. but i think the first component is being conscious whenever you're first feeling anxious and then asking yourself what is making you anxious? How am I feeling in this moment? Again, it's going to be extremely difficult if like you have like a job and are in situations that don't allow for that because then it doesn't carry over into your off time. Whereas like as somebody that works for themselves, one of the perks, even though I'm constantly working is that I do have the option of asking myself how something makes me feel and pausing and analyzing that. Whereas maybe if you were working for somebody else, you wouldn't. Um, But assuming on a good day, I keep track of those things, then I can remove myself from my phone. I've uninstalled TikTok or Instagram for portions of the day or all day. Mm-hmm. Um, really social media in general, whenever it's your job, it's like, I don't want to be on it in my off time. So really having people in your life that make it easier for you to not want to work because I'm a workaholic. And if mm-hmm. I can make a lot of money in a short period of time that I'm going to be constantly doing it. So yeah. making, having relationships that cultivate a uh, allowing yourself to be dis- disconnected and not caring about the money or whatever has been really, really helpful for my mental health. But I guess just kind of being present in the moment and asking creating yourself space. how you feel and creating that space in whatever yeah. way and providing yourself whatever you need. Facts. Yeah, I found that works for me too. Yeah. It's like 
same with you, same with me. Like social media is an avenue for making money. Yeah. And work never stops. Yeah. I have I have trouble not getting on it when I'm me not too. working. Yeah, me too. And deleting it does Helps help. so much. Yeah. It's it's yeah, just it's, it's just weird, sick. isn't it? It is, but it's also have you read Atomic Habits no. from James Clear? No. Um he didn't pay me to say it, but it's a great book. Um, run that check, James. Run that. Run that fucking check. It's one of the best books I ever read um, okay. about yeah. habits, the psychology of habits. There's okay. a lot of other stuff out there. He was, He's just a really great writer, very yeah. simplified, articulate writer. Yeah. I love when people can take this and consolidate. It. It's all signal, yeah. no noise. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. very big on that. Me too. Um, that book describes environment, when envi- how environment shapes our habits. Yeah. For example... If your kitchen counter has your vitamins already like there, instead of your vitamins being in the cupboard, you are, I forgot the statistic, but you're more inclined statistically to take your vitamins mm-hmm. than if they were out of Hidden sight, away. out of mind. Yep. Exactly. Makes sense. So our environment on our phone, mm-hmm. if you don't okay. have it and there's friction, that's another thing I learned. Wow. Spent probably my favorite word for the last eight weeks. I've been friction? overusing friction. I look at everything now as like friction. So kind of like in business, how can I reduce friction mm-hmm. to maximize the ROI, mm-hmm. maximize the revenue? Or in this case, how can I create friction to minimize my bad habit? Mm-hmm. So Making if it you delete it- to click on or whatever, if hiding it. Exactly. If it's on your it. phone, just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No friction. Yep. No friction. Dopamine hit. Easy. And you've trained yourself to continue clicking and scrolling and whatever. It's Well, dopamine is the modern devil. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- you have to go fast from dopamine. Our dopamine addiction is so cra- like it's so crazy. And what I found is just that helps me deleting anything off my phone when I'm not using it, creating that friction, create the friction of like more steps involved to look at a timeline mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing just how many like ghost attempts I'd mm-hmm. try to do. Me like too. I'd be at a stoplight yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at an elevator, yeah. just like in passing. And it's just like, let me open Instagram. It's like, so like why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. One of my friends, Mikos, shout out Mikos, really great guy. Mikos. Mikos the God from the Bay Area. Really great guy. He's a Buddhist. And uh, he said something to me that always stood out. And he said that every time you pick up your phone and you go in a timeline, you are disrupting your frequency and your frequency of creativity. Yeah. The more creative you want to be, the less, the less. you should be on your timeline, on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's why even though occasionally, you know, artists will unfollow a ton of people, I, I appreciate it and respect it. Cause it's like, I think it's so easy to start emulating art and patterns of behavior, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think that that takes away from originality and expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Fuck. I got some, que- I'm looking at my phone cause oh. I got some questions that I know that we haven't gone right. gotten to. And I want to get to them. Okay. Um, oh, this is an easy one. I love this question. Have you played We're Not Really Strangers? Yes. I love that I have game. Like all of the packs too. Oh, like, I only have one pack. I have all the expansion packs. I, I love that say, fucking game, dude. Oh, me too. Just Shout that out to brand. The creators. Yeah, amazing. Kareen. You amazing. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, dude, Kareen. Phenomenal. Fucking. Phenomenal. We, we should have played it. That would be a fun video. That would be fun. That would yeah. be good. We could always do that. I'll be here until Saturday. Um, That game has one of my favorite questions what would you title this chapter of your life and you can think about it yeah think about it yeah you know what's funny when i I ask this to so many people yeah and people get so like i don't know it makes me kind of question like do people read books because (laughs) titles don't have to be serious or or one word yeah yeah yeah. everyone will always like they'll probably try to summarize it maybe yeah and um this is the this is what i always get yeah like growing, healing. Feels very like I'm just like <laughs> okay. okay I'm more. interested. <laughs> I'm interested, but I'm like I like the fun ones. The kind of like maybe goofy yeah, or yeah, like yeah. it could be serious, but like I don't know. When I read, I like looking at me like, oh, what's this gonna be? You know, it's like what's this chapter? Summarize. I think it feels pressured. Hmm. Well, mine would be the snapback, and it's kind of like the rubber band. So when you when you before you launch the rubber band, you got to snap it back. Yeah. And I feel like life for me for the past eight months has been you pulling back the rubber band. I have just been taking some fucking else. You really? know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, you know, won't get too far into it, but 
your boy's been getting knocked off the horse. And then the, the moment I, I get on the up. horse, it just, and I get up. Yeah. I yeah, get up. I and I and I love that about myself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm, I love that I can, you know, face adversity and stand up. And that's when I know I can face certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those mm-hmm. moments. But damn, dog, give me a break, life. Honestly, you know what I'm though, the hard times teach you more about yourself than the good times. Absolutely. And like, um, we're all just trying to figure out more and more about ourselves. We're all just collecting data to figure out ourselves more. Absolutely. It's all data. You're just and getting more data. I forgot who said it. Maybe like Epictetus or Socrates, one of the philosophers, they said like um, adversity brings a man closer to himself mm. and or woman or woman or woman. You know what I'm saying? We we're are non-binary. Pro, yeah, we're non-binary. And um, yeah, so like I, I welcome adversity, but you know, I like a little chill cloud moment for a, for a second. Yeah, yeah, I've been in the like dirt, man. Moment. So it's, it's been exhausting. And that's part of the reason why I haven't been podcasting because I feel like I have to be mentally like kind of, I don't know, like motivated and yeah. present and like, yeah. you know, and I just haven't been feeling like that, man. And it's tough, but I do have optimism where I feel like I'm about to be launched like a rubber band, you know? And I'm just being pulled back right now. Yeah. So that's and it, mine. And I think it's important, you know, not to get too philosophical because I know we're trying to wrap it up, you know, a little light, <laughs> lighthearted moment. But also, like, I just think in general, you go through phases, right? Mm-hmm. And you have stuff to pull from where you were also in these same places mm-hmm. and you were also down in the dumps or whatever. And it ended up working out, mm-hmm. you know, so knowing that it kind of pushes you to keep going. So it sounds like that's where you're at right now mm-hmm. rubber band moment rubber band man Come yeah, i don't band have man. such a that was a good one because it's not so serious like working you know or mm-hmm. something so <laughs> straightforward healing <laughs> let's, let's just I call mean, it we all tory gains yeah tory, that's the name i mean honestly that's kind of where i'm at i think i'm pivoting right now i'm i'm jumping lily pads yeah. as we talked about in the car it's like one of those things where you know i'm in a transition phase mm-hmm. i feel like i'm just now i'm, I'm a monarch you know spreading out her wings so i, I got a couple titles yeah, yeah, that, that come to my, my the lily pad yeah i don't like phoenix that phoenix rising that's cool that's, phoenix that's rising. cool i like that one actually or um the mo- monarch moment I, li- I think i'm gonna go with phoenix rising phoenix for rising. 500 yeah, <laughs> phoenix rising for 500 <laughs> that's great yeah. um <laughs> I want to I want to kind of wrap this up. We've been we've been fucking going. We could talk for so much. Yeah, this was the post podcast. The real one was in the car. I know. The whole drive we had here, so many moments. But Dude. there is I don't even need to look at my phone for this. Okay, yeah. But there Go is ahead. something I want to ask. Yeah. You have a lot of fucking courage to put yourself out there not just now mm. um with what you do, but it took so much courage to like get out of the life you were in, bro. Yeah. Where did that come from? Like, how can you, what can you share with me to like, I don't know, inspire me, inspire people watching, like to have more courage, to be more courageous, you know, to not have that fear. Yeah. Little side note, because, you know, people used to tell me I'm courageous all the time, right? And growing up, I thought I was Native American. Okay. Mm -hmm. Keyword thought. Mm -hmm. That's part of the crucial part of the story. Okay. So like my grandma would take us to like, I don't even know the proper terms for it. We would be like dancing around the fire. There'd be like drums, you know, and like garb and stuff. She used to have like a, what do you call it? Like the thing that you hang above your bed. It's like a dream catcher. She was like full blown native in my Mm -hmm. opinion. I thought, right. Recently did a DNA test. 23 me? None. Zero. What are you? I'm like predominantly white, bro. But like white from where? Like Irish, German, you know. You're you're just a colonizer. I'm just a colonizer. (laughs) And I felt like that You weren't the colonized. You're the fucking colonizer. I felt like, what's that woman? What's her name? Uh, That pretended to be- Rachel Dosh. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, Uh, pretend to be black. No, 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 not black. Uh, Native. Like she pretended- Oh, I don't know. And Trump was like, oh, so-and-so is- I I don't don't know. know. Anyway, I felt like her. Because I I would go on live and people would be like, what are you? Because I get that question a lot. Oh, word. So that was recent. Racially ambiguous. I look racially ambiguous. People are always trying to guess my ethnicity. And I used to, (laughs) this is how deeply ingrained it was. I mean, I had a Pocahontas cake growing up, right? People would get on here and be like, how are you so brave? I'm like, I'm native. That's why. Bro, I'm not native at all. So I can't chalk it up to that. So was your courage coming from that? And then you just had to find new courage? Where's it coming from? I don't know. Talk about a a mind loop. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, I don't know. I think it's just in my DNA. If you know anything about the way that my parents were raised and mm. all of their hardships and their parents' parents. I mean, their whole story, you can check out my podcast. I've talked about it a lot, but it's just been series of hardship after hardship. And, you know, we've always found a way to get out of it. And yeah. 
I think just having that in your DNA, because I'm a big believer, you know, it's like nature versus nurture. I think it is in our DNA, like our experiences are there. And so I think that has really caused me to kind of do more. But yeah. then also having a sense of community and people around me that are also doing a lot and kind of checking me whenever I settle for less or whatever and, you know, be like, hey, you deserve more. It's been really helpful to have people in my circle that see me sometimes for more than what I see myself for. It's good. Yeah. It takes cultivating that. It takes a that. village. Yeah, it does take a village. Yeah. Did it take a lot of time to build your village? I'm still building my village, bro. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, I think you always will be building your village, but I think one thing I've learned is that the key to building a good, I'm just going to keep going with the village thing, even mm -hmm. though it seems overdone good at this community. point. Community. Yeah. The key to doing that is not minimizing yourself being able to articulate your needs, know what your needs are, communicate, taking up space. And then the right people in your life will then have the option of opting in or not that way. You know, if some, if you're too much for somebody like you won't, you're not, you're not, you're, not. you're too much. It's for them. It's for them. Yeah. It's nothing. Like, I, yeah. I think the biggest piece of advice is nothing is personal. Like, dude, we are all on our own journey. And facts. The, the easiest way to find your tribe is by being completely you. And showing up for yourself in every way. And that's why it's so important to me at this point to take up so much space is because like I am all about finding people that work in my life and I work in theirs and building that community. And the only way you will do it is not by taking up less space, but by taking up more. Facts. Yeah. I, facts. Um, speak your truth and your tribe will come. Yes. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And like the ones who are down, like you said, they'll be like, all right, I'll sign up for yeah, this yeah. motherfucker. Like, I, I like your stick, like whatever. Like, yeah. no, nah, you know what? I don't like how you roll. And like by, by repressing yourself you're, you're, and being a people pleaser, yeah. it, you're, you're not going to be your fullest you. People and you're not going to be around the right people. You're going to resent everything in your life if you're always yeah. people pleasing too. You want people in your life that are going to be, it's going to be a mutual exchange. You don't yeah. want somebody you have to always minimize yourself for. And likewise, and you want, I want people in my life that know who they are and are willing to show up in those spaces. And I want to provide that. Talk about healing somebody. You can heal somebody whenever you right other people's wrongs for them if they show up and you know instead of treating them the way that other people have treated them you provide the space for them to feel those things or whatever and provide that safe space but the only way you're able to do that is if you yourself take up space and allow time and whatever to know how you feel and so yeah i guess just don't min don't minimize yourself it's don't you're doing yourself, yourself and everybody in your life a disservice by minimizing yourself mm -hmm. yeah shine bright shine bright like shine a diamond bright. baby <laughs> Guys, we're gonna wrap this one yeah, up. Yeah, let's wrap. This one's good. Right. I um just want to say I appreciate you for coming on. Likewise, thank you for, for providing the space. Of course, yeah. I know you want space. I, you got it, yo. I want all the space in the world. Yeah, and I just want to take this moment to acknowledge you um, for being so courageous, so open, and um, putting yourself out there from living a life where you you know it's not what you knew, and it takes a lot, and it's really dope to see that you're like really beautiful, like inside, you thank know, you. and just keep doing that. Keep sharing your story. Keep opening yourself up because I know that it's impacting people and the space you're creating is just going to help others create more space. So yeah. Thank I, you. Just one more thing hmm. to everybody listening. Yeah. It's like, I forgot what I was going to say, bro. <laughs> Mic drop. Wait a second. No, <laughs> Part two. Find I, out. <laughs> I just think it's really important. Like you act like it's a courageous thing. I think the, it's, it is courageous, though. But, but then the whole the hardest thing I ever did was minimize myself. The hardest thing I ever did was ah, okay. quiet myself. It's so much easier to articulate. I mean, it's hard, but once you start doing it, and once you start getting other people that are backing you or whatever, and just knowing you needed that from somebody else and they did it, and now you're doing it and somebody else will need it from you, it's like the hardest thing you could ever do is quiet yourself. That's what produces anxiety. So articulate yourself, take up space. Mic drop. That's it. Guys, you can find Tori, Thirst Trap Tori, Tori I'm Gaines. I'm not actually Thirst Trap Tori. <laughs> Thir Tori Gaines. Tori Gaines. Tori Gaines, Monarch Moment. You can find everything linked below. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah, you too. Part two coming soon. Part two.